This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the game plan right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. We have a very busy show coming up for you today, as we always do. We'll recap the spring game from the press box with Toby Rowland to the sideline with Jessica Cootie, and you'll get to know one of the greats already as just a sophomore in Sooner Athletics as we introduce you to standout gymnast, Yul Moldauer. But let's get things started with a look back at the spring game. Back to pass. Murray throws deep across the middle. He's got a man. Jeffrey Meade behind the defense to the 25-20. They're not going to catch him. Into the end zone. It's a touchdown. 70-yard touchdown pass from Kyler Murray to Jeffrey Meade. Solid day for Kyler Murray, and he impressed quite a few including Toby Rowland, who joins us to kick off the Sooner Sports Podcast. He had the view from the press box calling all the action on the Sooner Radio Network. t what really stood out to you on Saturday? Um, I think the biggest thing for me was that Kyler Murray can really throw the ball. Uh, he, he was in – I mean, we knew he was fast, and he is fast, man. There was a couple of open field situations where if they touch him, he's down, and they still couldn't touch him. So he's legit fast, but he was in the pocket slinging it around uh, and hitting guys in stride and looked really good throwing the ball. Hmm. So I think that Kyler Murray was a headline. Um, I think that Parnell Motley was a headline. Parnell Motley got the only interception of the day. It was on the opening drive, and it was against Baker Mayfield, and it was a deep ball intended for Marquise Brown that he defended beautifully. There was another deep attempt on Motley later in the game that he knocked away, and he looked really good. J- uh, Jordan Parker didn't play because of the stress fracture, so you expect Thomas and Parker to be your starting corners, but uh, Motley I think is going to factor in there somehow, some way. Maybe as a nickel, maybe as a backup, I don't know, but he looked good. How how different – we talked about it in the uh, Sooner Sports podcast this week with Teddy and, and Dusty joined us as well too. Uh, how much – change slash difference did you notice defensively I mean I know it was very vanilla and there weren't exotic blitzes or anything but uh was it a whole different world or did it seem pretty much like the same no it seemed the same okay um I I think they were shifting in and out of four three three four but like like Teddy has been saying uh and everybody anticipated to the casual observer my myself is included I'm a part of that I'm in that too you, you don't notice it much. And to be honest with you, and I hate to bag on vanilla again because it's the flavor that gets abused the most, <laughs> but it was vanilla. And they're not going to show Ohio State anything, you know. I mean, so they're running basic defenses. There was a couple of blitzes now and then where they'd bring, a, bring an extra guy. But, no, it, there was no, oh, my God, they're running, you know, 4-3. I don't even recognize this defense anymore. <laughs> there was none of that. Um other guys look good. I thought the running backs look good. This little Marcelli is Sutton kid. You're going to like him. I hear he's good five, things. He's 5'8", compact. He is uh, yoked. I mean, he's well put together. And he was shifty, man. He was hard to grab. So I think, he, I, I think he's the real deal. And Sermon looked good, and Abdul Adams looked good, too. 
Um, Jeffrey Meade had a really nice day. They Marquise Brown didn't have a great day. I know he's had a big spring. Uh, they tried to get him the ball in space a couple of times, and they tried to throw it deep to him a couple of times. It just couldn't seem to connect, uh, or he couldn't bust a big play on the screen passes. But he's going to be a nice player. Grant Calcaterra, I thought, had a really nice day. The freshman tight end, they gave him quite a bit of run in the second half after Andrews was out of the game, and he had three or four uh, catches. I think he's going to be a nice player. They, uh, now, did we see him more because Andrews didn't play a lot, or did they just use a lot of two tight end? What was the what was kind of the way in which Calcaterra was used, Toby? No, in uh, on Saturday anyway, he was backing up Andrews. Oh, okay. They were playing the same position. Gotcha. Um, now, I do think there is a possibility that you'll see a two tight end package or a jumbo set where they can get both those guys on the field. Um, but on Saturday anyway, Andrews was running first team and Calcaterra was running second team. They got crazy size at wide receiver now. I mean, Andrews is 6'5", Calcaterra is 6'3", uh, uh, Jeffrey Mead is 6'5", Dahu Green is 6'4". I mean, they, they got a bunch of big dudes running around out there. What, um, what made me most jealous uh, and anyway, because I mean, listen, I'll, the softball team's rolling. I'm not going to do anything to mess with that momentum. And it was a blast to be able to call both games, but we missed you. Well, I, I missed it. And here's why, because the atmosphere looked yeah, it was fun. awesome. The, the weather looked awesome. Everything that you, that 43,000. Oh, that's, that's great. We almost, uh, Eli, if we would have got the 50 was going to face paint. I think wear it all week long. So it was we fun. Just it was that. a beautiful, beautiful day. Let me give you one more name. Do it. That, uh, w- that we talked a ton about on Saturday was Creed Humphrey. The freshman center from Shawnee High School. Right. Who, and, and you know me, and I think you're a lot like me, offensive and defensive linemen don't catch my eye very much because I'm following the football around. Right. But Coach Merv and Teddy could not brag enough about Creed Humphrey, and apparently in the spring he has been awesome, and he was just throwing guys around on the defensive line Saturday. He's 6'4", 312 right now. He's going to be 6'4", 320 something when the season rolls around. And I think he's got a legitimate shot to maybe win the job there. And if he does, uh, that offensive line is enormous, Chris. I mean, because Eric Wren's the starter right now, and he's 6'1", and I like Eric Wren a lot. But if Creed Humphrey at 6'4", 320 is your center, that's a big dude to go mm-hmm. with 6'8", Orlando Brown, 6'4", Ben Powers or Cody Ford, 360 if it's Cody Ford, 6'5", Drew Samia, 6'4", Bobby Evans. I mean, that is an enormous offensive line they could have. Good stuff from Toby. So we go from the press box down to the sideline. Jessica Cootie was covering the action for Sooner Sports TV. And, uh, Jess, same question, just obviously a little bit of a different perspective, kind of a challenge down on the sideline to really get a good gauge of, you know, maybe who might have been standout players. But what really caught your eye on Saturday at the spring game? Well, I didn't get to watch, like, every single play because I was doing a lot of running around trying to find interviews and doing stuff uh, for the broadcast. Um, I think, um, you know, Baker played a lot more than I had kind of expected him to play. Um, I think one thing that Dusty talked a lot about and, and Chad during the broadcast is uh, Tyler Murray. We got to see his arm quite a bit and because um, everyone talks about how he uses his feet 
so well and how he is such a good playmaker in that area that it was um, it's good to see him throw uh, quite a few. I talked to him after the game, too, and uh, we're going to have a feature on him and his weekend. Of course, going back and forth between Austin and here to, to try to play in all three games. And so um, that and then um, I think Motley had a big day. Um, and he was he was matched up against Marquise Brown, who I expected him to have a, a huge day. And so he got the interception on Baker. You know, it wasn't – it wasn't like it was um, – Austin Kendall or Kyler Murray or Chris Robinson. It was it was Baker, and it was the first first series, and um, then he had a couple big pass breakups. So I think those two definitely would probably be what stood out to me. We have complete coverage for you from the uh, press box to the sideline, from the stands to the tailgate parties, the pregame, the postgame. It's all online right now at Soonersports.com. And I got to add, there is a really cool 360 video of Rodney Anderson's kick return for a touchdown from a camera that was put in the middle of the field. It's well worth your time to go check that out right now. It's on the OU Football Twitter feed at OU underscore football. All right, our featured guest today is a standout. He's a superstar. He is already a world champion, and he's already a national champion. And as a sophomore, he's looking to do it again. It is my pleasure to welcome in one of the I think brightest and sharpest young men you'll hear from in the Sooner Sports Podcast as we get to know Yul Moldau. Congratulations on all your success. Could you have ever imagined a freshman year national championship, uh, winning the Winter Cup, the AT&T America Cup? I mean, you'll, how excited are you about where you are right now in your gymnastics career? Well, let me just say thank you for congratulating me first. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just kind of – I'm just kind of taking one day out of the time and, you know, just focusing on what I need to do to become better. And, you know, I have a great team to work out with every day. So really I can't just take all the credit. So it's, it's most of us working hard together and, you know, the results just happen to come along with the gymnastics. So I'm very grateful and I'm very blessed to be part of this OU team. Take me through I, I, I want to talk about Mark Williams. I want to talk about your teammates. But I'm really intrigued by what you've been able to do individually, Yule. And I know you're a team guy. But is it a challenge? Is it fun when you go off and you do events uh, like the American Cup, like the Winter Cup, that are away from the actual team? I mean, is, is that fun or is it difficult? Is it a challenge? What's that, what's that like? Um, in a way, it's a, it's a challenge just because, you know, when you compete with the team, you know, they're really supportive. They're really loud. And you know, it's almost competing like with your best friends or like brothers. And then when you go to, let's say, Winter Cup or American Cup, it's almost individual based. So it's 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 a challenge because you have to find out how you can motivate yourself and how you can focus in on your own routines and, you know, just go in there and do your own gymnastics. But, um, you know, the good thing is, you know, I had a young coach talkie with me because Mark couldn't go because he was with the guys at Stanford and. You know, Taki is, you know, one of those young gymnasts that was very successful. So he actually, you know, told me some things that I could focus on and not get too uh, nervous or stressed about the competition. I, I saw Mark Williams in the story about your performance at the American Cup talk about how relaxed you seemed and how relaxed you looked. You know, is, is that a challenge for you to try to stay relaxed and not maybe get a little bit too amped up or get too juiced up before uh, before you perform? Uh, definitely. Um, you know, you don't want to go out there and, you know, get too hyped and, you know, maybe overshoot a Kovacs or, you know, stumble on some tumbling. But, um, you know, again, it's just something that I like to focus on. It's like, 
Um, I try and think about, you know, myself in the gym and just focus on my breathing to keep me calm and, you know, not really focus on the scores or anyone else. Um, I try and focus on, you know, this is my gymnastics, so it's my time to perform. Take me back further. How does a farm boy from Marveda, Colorado, end up becoming a gymnastics star? Is it true the story that your dad told about being 18 months old and having your little radio flyer that you were riding around and somehow you would flip out uh, and, and not crash? I mean, is that kind of where they first discovered that maybe there's something special about your uh, ability to perform, if you will? Uh, yeah, I actually remember that uh, <laughs> scooter thing. I'd always you know, turn the corners really fast and I was a very active child and, um, you know, I always was swinging around on the swing sets and actually my mother saw me swing on the swing sets one time and she said I was keeping my legs together and um, I was actually at a friend's house one time and he was going to a gymnastics class and uh, my mom said, you know, why don't you just go try it out? You know, you did this when you were a toddler, so just try it out again. So I tried the class out and ever since then I've been doing gymnastics. True or false, you always wanted a pet turkey. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so when I was younger, uh, for my birthday, my mom told me she got me a turkey, and it was in the back of the truck, and, you know, my dad and mom took me out there, and they opened the back, and there was no turkey, and I was like, well, where's my turkey, and they're like, it's in there, and I took a second glance, and it was actually a trampoline that they were talking about, <laughs> so they tricked me really well, so oh it, man, it was, it was funny. Yeah, you, though, you still, I mean, again you still have an appreciation for where you came from. And I don't know, Yule, if you have much quote-unquote free time anymore, but do you still like to go back and help care for the animals or ride around on the tractor? Is that still something that brings you peace? Yeah, I mean, um, last summer I got to go up there and, you know, I walked around the property, you know, four to five times when I got there and I didn't even go inside yet just because I was just breathing in the home air, seeing all the pets seeing the dogs, the chickens, you know, I really enjoy that stuff. And it brought me back. And, you know, every, I feel like every freshman, their first year of college gets a little bit of homesick. So it was very nice to go home and see all the pets and just be back on my homeland. You'll, you had an interesting piece of advice that you gave in an article I was reading, which was don't talk show, but you're an awesome talker. I wish you talked more with that said though, how important is it to be a leader by example? You know, it, it's it's very important. Um, like I said, um, my dad always said, show them, don't tell them. And that, that can go anyway. You know, that can go for being cocky or, you know, showing the little kids what needs to be done. And I think that if you set examples by actions and not words, that, you know, the younger people looking up to you will really take that, you know, he's doing that, so I should do that. And, you know, of course, I still have role models. I Jake Dalton here. I have all the seniors here, the juniors here, and I have Mark and Talking Steve all with me, and I even have my old coach back in Arvada at 5280 Gymnastics that is almost like a, a father to me, and he's really shown me disciplined ways, and um, you know, they always say your character is what becomes your gymnastics. When did that jump? I'm going to go back one final time. Then I want to talk about all your Sooner stuff. But when did that jump go from being something fun to being competitive? In other words, when you were competing, you know, in the 2010 Nationals, when you were a three-year level nine competitor, when you were at uh, what what was the gym, the 5280 Gymnastics in, in Wheat Ridge, Colorado, when did that jump take place, Yule, whenever you realized, hey, this is more than just something that I like to do for fun? Um, 
let's say, well, I was at a gym called DK in Fort Collins, mm-hmm. and I was a level seven, and I just won my first regionals, and you know, I always did it for fun. You know, I I still do it for fun right now, and. At that point, um, Vladimir, the head coach from 5280, came up to me and asked me why I wasn't at his gym. So um, I went to some of the summer camps there, and I really liked it. And um, after that, my family actually made a big sacrifice to move to Arvada and keep the farmhouse in Fort Collins. And then um, ever since then, you know, Vladimir taught me that, you know, gymnastics is not just for fun, but it can also be rewarding. And um, ever since then, you know, I always just take one day at a time. I try not to focus on, you know, what's going to be next in the three years because, you know, you never know what could happen. But you just got to take one day at a time and get better each day. How far of a move was that from Arvada to uh, Fort Collins? Is it close to each other or no? It's it's about 80 miles, oh, okay. so like an hour and 15-minute drive. Well, that is a sacrifice, man. Your parents mean a lot to you, though. I mean, they, they, they've sacrificed, as you've said, but – you're a good dude, and so I can imagine that uh, all those values they instilled with you, they've stuck. I mean, your family's got to mean the world to you. Yeah, they do, and um, they mean so much to me. Even my siblings, you know, they made a huge sacrifice to, you know, move schools and come down here, too. All right, a couple more quick ones, and I'll let you go. You got time for a few more, Yule? Is this okay? Are you up yeah, against it? Okay, okay. I want to talk about Oklahoma. Uh, re- I mean, two-time national champions. You guys have an unbelievable squad. How excited are you now getting ready for the postseason? Not only the conference championship this weekend, uh, but looking ahead to to regional action. How excited are you for the postseason and where this team is? I'm very excited. You know, this this team has gotten a lot closer than last year. I mean, of course we were close last year, but this year, you know, it's a different feel. You know, we have seven – we have six seniors – moving on and it's almost like we want to compete for them and send them off right you know we've been we've been working very hard in the gym we've been watching videos we've been trying to really perfect our landings or a toe point or anything just so you know when we walk into the postseason um we can really show them why we're number one because sometimes other teams don't like that we score high or they think we get overscored so we try not to get involved with that. We try and just focus in on what we need to do to stay at the level that we are at. I'm glad you mentioned that senior class, Yule, because it's a pretty special senior class. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, not just in, in winning national championships, but in that leadership they provide for you as being a newcomer mm-hmm. last year and then obviously sophomore this year. What, what does that senior class mean to you guys, like Colin Van Wicklin, uh, among others? What have those guys meant to you? They, they mean the world. You know, Josh G is – you know, he's on his fifth year, and um, Tao Hong from Germany, and Colin Van Wickelen from Cyprus, and Todd Doughty is actually from Colorado, so I remember seeing him when I was younger. And then Reese Wicket, um, he's actually a senior, but he's looking to stay a fifth year. And then, of course, Alan Bauer has always been a very close friend of me because of the national team camps when we were younger. So, um, you know, when I walked into this gym, it was a a little intimidating just because, you know, they, they're very serious and they really brought me under the program and showed me what's, what it's all about. And I couldn't thank them enough because, again, like my success is off of this whole team and those guys. They really, um, you know, told me stories or told me what to think about before each routine or what to really focus on each event. And it's, it's really helped my gymnastics, I think, a lot. 
Yul, how have they built this gymnastics juggernaut in the middle of Oklahoma? I, I get asked that a lot. And obviously with what, you know, the men's program, the women's program now trying to repeat as a national champion, how has this happened here in Norman, Oklahoma? Um, You know, it's Mark. He definitely knows what he's doing and he knows how to bring in guys and um, motivate them and show them what the program's all about. Because, I mean, it, if any gymnast that wants to come here, Mark can show him the stats of his program and um, what he can do to each gymnast. You know, I think every Olympic, every Olympic year for the past three or four quads, there's been a uh, Olympian from OU and uh, so many OU members have been on world teams and won world medals. And it's a very good program and it's a very good school. Um, it's a little weird because, you know, you think of Oklahoma, Norman, it's kind of a small town, but it, it's very a loving town. It's very southern. It's, it's an awesome town. I think it's honestly perfect for college. I agree. I agree. Uh, and Mark Williams is just such a great guy. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, of all the coaches we deal with on a regular basis, gracious. And, you know, you'll, he has a passion for the sport, unlike anything I've ever seen in gymnastics before. Oh, yeah. And, again, I, I have a pretty narrow scope. But still with that said, that passion bleeds through to his players too, doesn't it? What, what was that last I'm part? sorry. I said Mar Mark's passion, it bleeds through to you guys too, doesn't it? Yeah, of course. You know, he does so many things for us, it's unbelievable. He has spreadsheets up. <laughs> he has, you know, team meals or team activities with him. So, you know, you get to bond with him more than just a coach, but almost like, you know, someone that you can look up to, you know, almost like a second dad. And it's it's a very nice relationship because it's someone that you can trust and look look up to, really. What's the challenge like for you to get rest? I mean, I, I know you're all gym rats, and, and you would you just want to work, 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 but it's so important to get your body rest. Is that kind of hard to turn things off, Yul? Um, sometimes. You know, some days you get out of the gym and you're like, man, I wish I could just stay a little longer. But <laughs> um, Mark has, has each day set up just enough so you're not too tired, but you're not doing a little bit. It's It's almost perfect because – you know, you come in here at 6 a.m. in the morning, you do a conditioning sheet that lasts maybe an hour or 50 minutes, and then you go to school till 1 o'clock and you come in here and you do routines. And, um, you know, you get almost like a balance, so it's not too much gymnastics and it's not too little. So when you, when you focus on rest, it's not that you don't get enough. It's just you need to be able to control yourself and, hey, I need to get to bed at this time and wake up at this time to feel healthy. Uh, final thought, and I'll let you run, man. I really appreciate all your time. You're awesome at this. we got to do this more often. But i got to ask, well, the experience that you had this last offseason in training and, and trying to make the Olympic team, you'll, how much has that prepared you when you think about what I, I know a lot of people consider the ultimate goal, but maybe making a run at the 2020 Olympic team? Um, I, I'm very grateful for being able to compete in the Olympic trials. Um, of course, I would have liked to be on an alternate stop, but I also respect everyone that made it because I was a young guy and, you know, everyone else was looking amazing. So um, I was just happy I got to compete in it because, you know, hopefully in this next coming quad, you know, I'll ha already have that under my belt and know that I've been here and know that I've been in this situation. And I got to train with Jake and Steve and Kanji um, all in the off season. So, so it's a different 
a mindset for preparation. So it was very nice to be able to know what to expect in the future. Manuel, I appreciate all your time. I know that you're in the middle of uh, just wrapping up practice and maybe getting classes, classwork done, but uh, I appreciate all the time you gave me. Good luck this weekend and look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thank you. No, I really appreciate it. I'm truly honored. All right, buddy. Have a great day. I appreciate you. See you. You too. Well, there you have it. Obviously, I am losing my voice from what was an action-packed, fun-filled weekend. I had a chance to call both the baseball and softball games on Saturday, and the Sooner softball team won three games, and that's what's most important. Sooner baseball team rallied with a win on Sunday. We're on our way up to Lawrence for a series with the softball team on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And that's what we'll bring you the Sooner Sports Podcast from on Thursday as the tailgate will look ahead to a big weekend for the OU women's gymnastics team as KJ Kindler's squad looks for a national championship. Until then, I should say another back-to-back national championship. Until then, everyone have a great week. We'll be back on Thursday with the tailgate. And until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.